Good evening, everyone. Friends, we have, um, we're in our final uh, piece of the octave of Easter. That's the reason why Father's still singing the prayers. Friends, on a very close reflection, there's many ways for us to look at the gospel. I want to focus on the gospel. And uh, there's uh, different ways to approach it. And I suspect all the different pastors and priests throughout the archdiocese will be speaking a little bit differently but uh, I think if we take a really good reflection, uh, we can see that there is a contrast in today's gospel, uh, that the contrast, or the, what is happening is we see the fear of the apostles, and then we see the confidence of the risen Lord. And uh, the apostles are locked in the upper room, and it says for fear of the Jews, and um, their Lord has been taken from them, has been killed, and the reason why they're so afraid and locked in a room is because they're next, because they're his disciples. They did that to him, they're going to do it to them. They think that their Lord is still in the tomb, and now it is the third day in this gospel that we read this evening, and there's been no real word uh, from anyone of his resurrection. Uh, the the two from Emmaus haven't got there yet to tell them, oh, guess what happened? Uh, not yet. Their fear is that all is lost now, and they also fear that they have no future anymore. Then the Lord, as we read, appears to them. He says, peace be with you. His greeting is not just some wish or hope either. It is an absolute statement. It does not mean, may peace be with you. That's not what he says. It means, peace be with you. In the Greek, uh, the peace is with you. And it has this tone of now, right now. The presence of the Lord and the glorious power of his resurrection enables that peace to be with each one of them. And it drives the fear away. And we're told that they begin to rejoice. The Lord then endows them with his own mission. And this is uh, so key. He passes on to them the mission that was given to him by his Father. We are told he breathes the commissioning in the power of the Holy Spirit on them. Just as the God of Genesis breathed life into Adam, in Genesis chapter 2, line 7, and as the God of Ezekiel harnessed the wind to breathe new life into the dead bodies of Israel in the valley of dry bones, Ezekiel 37, 9. My friends, I bring this up. At the end, I'm going to explain to you why these two passages are so crucial. But the church sees in this commissioning of the apostles its own commissioning to the mission and ministry of Jesus Christ. It also sees the granting, uh, I kept coming, trying to find a better word, uh, it, it's uh, uh, commissioning of its power, its authority, and the best word that I came up with is charter uh, in our English language. So the charter is the rights and obligations uh, relative to the mission of Jesus Christ and the preaching of the gospel. This is what he's doing. This is what he's giving to the apostles in the room. And this is how the church is born. And this is 
to be the directive of the church, and this is to be its focus. Down through the generations, the church as an institution has been uh, very conscious of the rights, but perhaps not always equally conscious of the obligations. Perhaps. The church is always in danger of stressing its authority more than its obligations of holy, loving service. Its rights more than um, its heart in the interpretation of our Lord's word and its holy intent. The church must always guard and keep far the danger of substituting its own words for his, itself for him, forgetting that it is not Christ, but the church is the mystical body on earth. For me, I am his priest. I am not Christ. And even when the priest acts in persona Christi, for the sake of the Eucharist, I am not him. I am his servant. He is the master. St. Paul puts it even better. And St. Paul defended the church with his life. And he says, um, it is the bride, it is not the bridegroom, uh, but the spotted bride. Meaning, referring to the church, that's Ephesians 5.27. Many of our holy fathers and mothers of the church are saints with a great holiness in their heart, uh, stress the obligations of the church's charter over its rights, meaning its power and its authority. For the church is commissioned mainly, that is to say, to be the mouth of Jesus to be his feet to run errands. <laughs> I laugh because I thought I'm going to get in trouble <laughs> for saying that. But to be his feet, to run his errands for him. And his hands to do his holy and loving work. Among the rites of the church, there is a very beautiful and awesome one that was embedded in our gospel. The church has the right and the power to forgive sin. That is an awesome, awesome gift from God to the church. And one that should never be abused, but one that should be used often. Some Christian churches understand this as, meaning Mother Church, the Roman Catholic Church's ability to declare a person justified before God. Holy much. Holy Mother Church exercises this power and authority in a few ways, especially through what we know, we, I will tell you, is sacramental absolution, confession. Perhaps uh, the issue of late of how this power of forgiveness is correctly exercised, whether by a declaration or whether by the words of absolution, should not be uh, such a point of confession tension with the other Christian churches and, and should not be a primary concern uh, of the churches, but rather 
uh, I would say uh, all the churches in Quinaron, we should uh, ask why so few people are using it. Why are so few people using the sacrament? Why are so few of our members not wanting to be justified by the church? Or, if you will, to receive sacramental forgiveness. Let the peoples of God today pray for the church in her mission, in her holy service. Yes, with all of her rights given to her by our Lord. And let us retain our confidence and love for Mother Church, even at such difficult times as we find ourselves now with the whole priest scandal and the whole mishandling of everything and its treatment uh, of the sisters in past times. We remain in love with Mother Church, the mystical body that has been given a mission by our Lord Jesus Christ to go and to preach and to heal. Let us pray that the people of God will have a sharper sense of our own personal failings and sinfulness. And that will bring us then to more frequent use of the sacrament of confession with its power to set free, to offer peace, forgiveness. In Jesus' time, meant to wish upon that person life and completeness and wholeness. In John's gospel, John 10.10, Jesus declared that he has come that we might have life and have it more abundantly. That's what he tells us. My friends, this brings me to why I brought up those Old Testament passages. Today's gospel, we understand as the Roman Catholic Church and the Eastern Church, the sacrament of reconciliation, the sacrament of confession being established. John tells us Jesus breathed on the apostles and gave them power to forgive sins. Using a word that appears nowhere else in the New Testament, breathed. That is, English is a little bit off. However, that word that John uses appears twice in the Old Testament. It's the same word used in Genesis 2-7 where God breathed into Adam's nostrils and gave him life. The word is found in Ezekiel's vision of a plain of dried bones where once the Spirit of God breathed upon those bones and the bones took on what I understand as muscularity and flesh and was restored to life. Ezekiel 37, 9. The use of the word by John exclusively in this setting suggests that reconciliation involves a new creation giving those dead through sin new life, a new life of grace, and making them once again children of God. The use of the word breathed in the connection suggests that the power of the sacrament of confession, reconciliation, to restore the life of sanctifying grace, baptism, 
to one spiritually dead because of their sins. So the sacrament puts back and restores. And friends, the, this is so key uh, and helps, uh, would help if, uh, if only, not only our members understood, but also if the other Christian churches understand because so many fights happen because of it. And I always direct them back to the Old Testament. Uh, but the problem is the translations. My friends, despite, despite the locks the apostles had placed upon the door, not only the physical door, but the one of their heart, Jesus enters into the room they have barricaded and says to them, peace, be with you. Their fear could not keep our Lord away. And once again, he stands before them, offering them peace and forgiveness and abundant life. Fear is not to keep you from his mercy. You are never to be afraid to come to the sacrament of reconciliation. And if you have ever been mistreated in that room by a priest, I apologize on their behalf because it is a place of peace and healing, not of judgment. <laughs> that is how you should feel when you're leaving. Oh, this is a good feeling. Um, fear is not to keep you then from his mercy. Fear is not to keep us, the church, the mystical body, from the commission given to it to proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ to all. That is the absolute mission of Mother Church. And she must never forget that peace. My friends, the annual Catholic appeal is beginning this weekend, and our portion. Uh, is $8,000 higher than last year. Uh, so we're at $248,000 for our parish's part in the annual Catholic appeal. And so uh, we, we have not uh, failed to achieve uh, the goals here. So um, I'm just going to ask all of you, so that I don't have to talk about this anymore, because, you know, I don't like to. It's the, I'd rather talk about the scriptures and everything else, but not money. But... We need to raise the 248000 so I ask you to pray about it. Make your donation uh, through the envelopes online. Uh, if we get to that $248,000, we are able to take 63000 of it to put in new bathrooms. I don't go in them, but I've been hearing about them. <laughs> so um, here's the carrot dangling in front of everybody. Um, uh, they, I know they need. We've been doing work around our whole campus uh, for two years now, slowly, and now it's time to address um, <laughs> to address the restrooms. Apparently, <laughs> so uh, if we can get to that two hundred forty-eight thousand dollar mark, sixty-three thousand of it will be uh, invested in remodeling uh, the, the restrooms, and then uh, if there's anything left over, the kneelers. <laughs> but. Uh, but we'll take a little more time for that. Uh, my friends, um, 
and uh, Debbie. Uh, if you don't know Debbie, um, Debbie also, uh, how would we say, you work for uh, the synagogue? <laughs> She's the accompanist at a synagogue also. Uh, I bring this up because news has come of the shooting in San Diego at Shabbat Synagogue uh, with one woman lo losing her life, a child in serious condition, and two men. Uh, so we pray for an end of violence all over, always. But in places of worship, an end to it. So you extend to the rabbi this community's prayers and peace. And also we will pray, uh, <laughs> Saturday's not been so good, um, in Seattle. Uh, some type of uh, crane fell and has killed four people uh, and injured more in traffic. So we pray for... Um, peaceful of them and for healing um, and uh, uh, in particular we'll pray for our brothers and Jew uh, sisters of the Jewish faith uh, that they have peace in this time uh, all over but in on this day in San Diego uh, where the violence happened um, my dear who is it that I'm anointing the little one So my friends, I talked about the sacrament of reconciliation. We have seven sacraments. We also have the sacrament of anointing to get fortification and peace and healing. Uh, I'm going to anoint um, this little one because mom has requested it. And for a baptized Catholic, this is one of the sacraments. So I'm going to pray quickly because it's a little one and she'll get fidgety. And I'll anoint the forehead and the palms of the hands, maybe the top of the hands for this little one and say a prayer silently and then a prayer loud um, from your hearts if you will join me in the prayer asking God to fortify mom and to bring peace and healing to this little one of God. Through this holy anointing, may the Lord in his love and mercy help you with the grace of the Holy Spirit. Amen. May the Lord who frees you from sin save you and raise you up. Good and gracious God, all things are in your making. There is nothing your hand cannot deliver. Show your glory and power. Bring peace and stability of health and healing to this little one and to the little one's parents. Fortify them in the faith. Give them strength in all things, little one. <laughs>